Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Early on in his confessions, Augustine shares with us some very interesting reflections about his interest and love for the theater and for shows, spectacula in Latin. And he's not unique in this by any means. As a matter of fact, he points out the weird dynamic that is involved already in book one. So that's where we should look right off the bat. This is in chapter chapter 10. And he talks about being interested in other things like playing and contests and false stories. And then he says that he had a curiosity glittering more and more in his eyes for shows, for spectacula. And he calls these the games, in this case, ludos, which is accusative, right? Plural. Ludus is the singular for this. Ludi is the famous games that were put on at Rome. So the games, the playthings, the arrangements for playing of older people, maiorum, those who are adults, those who are supposed to be more on the ball than the kids who presumably don't know what they're doing. And he points out a certain inconsistency here, which is namely that the kids, if they engage in play, which could include watching shows or stuff like that, they get punished. Now, why do they get punished? Because they're not developing their talents, their capacities through diligent study. But what are they supposed to be using those talents that they're developing for? Well, to help put on shows or do other similarly silly things. He talks about parents gladly letting their children be beaten if by attending just such shows they're kept from studies, which their parents wish them to rise to putting on similar plays. And he says, Lord, in your mercy, look down on these things. Why is he saying that? Because it's so screwed up. Now, it's interesting that he brings up mercy because that's going to play an important role in book three, where there's a much longer discussion about shows. And this is when Augustine is is no longer just a child, but, you know, kind of a, a young grown-up himself. So this is in chapter two, which is rather longish. And there's a lot of stuff going on there. That's rather puzzling to Augustine, but he also gives us some guidance about this as well. So he says that the theater, spectacula theatrica, right? So the shows the spectacles of the theater enraptured him and takes hold of him, literally. Its shows were filled with pictures, images, literally, of my own... Now, he said, he's got a word here, miseries, miseria, right? This is going to be used a lot in this chapter. Miseria means, you know, bad things, things that make you miserable. Now, he's very quickly going to tell us that, no, it's not just a show about me and what's going on with me. He goes to the show to see other people's miseries as well, including how they sometimes overcome them. And we watch people in conflict, in adversity, in feeling bad for themselves, and we feel something good as a result. 
So why does he go there to see depictions of other people's miseries? And we can say, why the hell would you do that? Doesn't that just make you feel bad yourself? And the answer is, yeah, I kind of like feeling bad in that way. And if you think about some of our own genres of shows, movies, think about horror movies. We like to be scared, right? If it's not a scary movie, we're like, well, that's not a very good horror movie. Maybe grossed out, right? Why do people watch true crime stuff? It could be fear. It could be like, I want to see people get revenge on each other. It could be, oh, I feel so bad for this family and what they've gone through. But it's not really that different than what Augustine is talking about happening on stage. Think about Greek tragedy. Even think about comedy. Comedy is quite often, somebody is going to be in the one down position. Somebody's going to fall down the stairs. Somebody's going to lose their fortune. And so he asks, why is it that we like to grieve, to feel bad over doleful and tragic events that we wouldn't want to have happen to ourselves? Why do we go and watch poor Oedipus go through, and, and his, his kids, who are also his brothers and sisters, go through all these problems? Well, because we get something out of it. And so there's going to be this distinction that's made between depicted and unreal miseries and the real miseries that we ourselves encounter and experience. And we feel bad with both of them, but we feel bad in different ways. So Augustine goes on and he says, the spectator likes to experience grief, dolor, pain, sadness at these scenes. And this sorrow is actually a pleasure, a voluptas. It's a mixed thing. When we watch horror movies, if we were really in a situation in which these terrible events are happening, if we take pleasure in that, there's something wrong with us, right? But we sit there and we watch these movies and we compare them to each other. Oh, that one gets three stars because, you know, not really that believable. This one's a really great one. Scared the crap out of me, even on the 10th watching. This one's a classic. Freddy Krueger, how can you go wrong with him, right? And we could go on and on and on. This is not something foreign to us. And he says, this is a, a foolishness. The more a person is moved by these things, the less free they are from these passions. So it's not good for us, right? And here's where the distinction comes in. When we experience it, we call it misery, miseria in Latin. When other people experience it and we're experiencing it in a vicarious way with them, it's not actually happening to us. It's happening to somebody else. And it's happening kind of at a distance. You know, we're not spectators on the scene of a terrible crash in which we're seeing people with blood and gut spilling out in front of us. Instead, we're seeing it on the stage. That is something different. We feel what in Latin is called misericordia. And there's a lot of ways of translating this. Mercy is one of the ways in which it's legitimately translated. We could also think of it as pity or compassion, right? We feel for somebody else because something bad has happened to them. And he says that we actually like this. And he says, what kind of mercy is it to be shown to these unreal things on the stage? Here's where another vital difference comes in. We don't help the people on the stage. I mean, if we do, then they, they remove us from the theater, right? If you see somebody getting bullied on the TV and you're like, you know, picking up things and throwing it at the, oh, stop that. That's bad. People are like, this is a TV show, buddy. There's something wrong with you. Same thing with the theater. 
So there's a distance there. We're not to go to the aid of the others. We're only asked to feel something. And if we don't feel something, then the play, the theater, right, is unsuccessful. And we are, oh, this is not a very good production, right? I don't feel anything. We like to feel something for these people that we're not connected with and are only watching. So he says, tears and sorrows, therefore, are objects of love, meaning we desire, we love to feel tears and sorrow. Not to feel tears and sorrow because we stubbed our own toe or fell down the stairs or lost a lot of money in the stock market or alienated the love of our life or you know, lost a child or something like that. We don't want to feel tears and sorrow about that. Although perhaps some people actually do indulge themselves in that way in taking pleasure in their grief. But we do take pleasure in somebody else's grief. So he says, nobody wants to be wretched, but we do want to be merciful. We do want to have misericordia. Since mercy cannot exist apart from grief, is it for this sole reason that grief is love? This is a possible explanation. Those who were involved with, we have to extend misericordia, that is compassion or mercy towards them. And so maybe we can take some love, enjoyment, whatever, desire towards that grief because it allows us to be merciful to others. How does that apply to people on, on the stage though? And he, he says, should mercy be cast aside? No. At certain times, sorrows may be loved. But he says, today I still feel compassion. I'm a grown up man now. But in those days at the theater, I felt joy together with the lovers when by shameful means they had joy in each other. You know, a lot of the stories were like people getting it on and tricking their spouses or tricking their parents and being able to express their love for each other, right? And so you go to the theater and you're like, oh man, this is great. They're doing good, but they're not really doing good. They're doing something bad, but we're like, this is awesome. And he says, although these things were pretended in the show, when they lost each other, I became sad like one who feels compassion, misericordia. Both situations gave me delight. So that was old me. That was past me, Augustine is saying. The me who was addicted to theater stuff, or as we would say, media, right? And he says, now I've matured. I have more pity for one who rejoices in a shameful deed than for one who has suffered damage to a pernicious pleasure, lost some vile joy. This is the truer mercy and sorrow, dolor, you know, sadness finds no delight in it. So now I, I actually feel misery, compassion towards those who are still screwing up and who have things mixed up. And that could be towards fictional characters, but why not feel it towards real people instead? And he says something really interesting here. He says, if there is a good will that is at the same time bad willed, and he uses benevolentia and malevolentia here to talk about these volitions, these wills, these ways of comporting ourselves. Is it possible for us to be both good willed and bad willed at the same time? And he says, that's not really possible. That cannot be, right? That cannot be thought. Then only, he says, only a truly and sincerely merciful person can wish there would be some unfortunate so they could show mercy 
towards them. And he says, that's more like the mercy that God is actually showing to us. You love our souls with a purity of love more deep and wide than we have for ourselves. And you are unalterably merciful. You don't suffer any wound from sorrow. So you notice that there's a, a distinction here that's being spelled out between miseria, dolor, you know, being miserable, feeling sorrow, and misericordia. In the theater, these are all kind of mixed up together. It's other people's miseries. They make me feel sad. Then I get to feel compassion towards these other people. That's not the way that we want to be. So going to the theater is kind of messing us up, according to Augustine, right? And we can ask, how should we feel this misericordia, this compassion in good ways? And he goes on and he says, my wretchedness at the time is that I loved to feel sorrow. It's like picking at a scab, right? Or, or hurting yourself in some way. And I sought out opportunities for sorrow in the false misery of another person mimicked on the stage, depicted on the stage. In my imagination, that actor's playing pleased me most and had the strongest attraction, which struck tears from my eyes. What wonder was it that I should be infected with these loathsome sores? And what does he mean by loathsome sores? Dynamics that are the product of screwed up emotional management that gets worse and worse, inflamed by going to the screwed up theater, which could be used for good, but oftentimes isn't because we don't really know what we're doing with this. And he says, hence came my love for such sorrows. And there is a good part to this. I was not pierced deep down. I didn't like to suffer such things and only to look at them and by which when they were heard and performed, I was scratched lightly as it were. The scratches made by fingernails, there followed a burning tumor and horrid possibility and wasting away, you know. So he's saying you got to watch out when it comes to the theater so as not to get yourself all mixed up emotionally and become worse off by indulging yourself in this. Now, here's something I'd like to bring in just as a, a quick ending. Augustine could go to shows when they put shows on. We live in a time of streaming media where there is more than we could ever possibly watch in our life at our fingertips. So perhaps we have to be more on guard, if Augustine is right, about this interconnection between miseries, compassion, and sadness brought about through media. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.